Welcome back to the Call on Our Shot podcast. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Austin, joined by Logan and Sam. You can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. But we got an exciting week in the NFL to talk about. Talk about some week seven takeaways, our week eight upset picks, the best wide receivers in the NFL. A lot of content coming your way. But Logan, how is it going this weekend, my friend? Well, Austin, it's great. And every single time we do these videos, I always just want to give a big shout out to all of you COS people in the community. We just hit the 11,000 subscriber mark. You know what? It's the road to 20K. And, yeah. and you know, we, we really can't do it without you guys. So it's, it's amazing. And it's also baseball, you know, baseball postseason World Series is on. Yeah, um, definitely check out my, my World Series videos because I, I have lots of uh, fun betting baseball, have all year, and uh, we're, we're continuing it. Yeah, World Series game one is tonight. We're recording this a little bit before the game uh, officially starts, but game two is tomorrow. So you'll be able to look out for Logan's video, probably posted a little bit before this one, but also shout out to our newest two All-Stars, COS All-Stars, Darren and Floyd. We appreciate you guys. If you want to be an All-Star, just click the join button on the channel. We really like Logan said, I can't say it enough. We've gained like over 2000 subscribers just in October alone. So it's insane. We appreciate you guys for clicking that subscribe button. We got a lot of fun content coming your way today and just every single day. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Sam, how are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. You know, halfway point for a lot of 14 week fantasy leagues. So we're in the second half of things. Things are gearing up, kind of have a good idea of what we can expect the second half of the season. So we're right in the middle of it. I love it. Yeah, that's very true. We got an extra week this season, but it's exciting. And Sam, I'm going to let you kick it off with, because you had a great upset pick last week. So what was your biggest takeaway from week seven? Well, yeah, for those of you who remember from last week, my upset was the Bengals over the Ravens. I think the odds were plus 235 last week. And hey, they actually got it done in a pretty dominant offensive performance from Joe Burrow. Um, he solidified not only himself as a, as a top tier quarterback in that game, but he's making the case for Jamar Chase being rookie of the year. The connection they have, they're just bringing it right from LSU into the pros. And I had all my doubts in the preseason about all his drops, but it seems like the offensive capacity of, of the Bengals is bar none. And I mean, to be able to go up against the Ravens, who everyone was looking at, you know, Lamar Jackson as being Lamar Jackson from a couple of years ago. Right now, it's, you know, up for grabs. Who's the best in the AFC North? And I think it's the Bengals looking after the performance. From that, that was a dominant win for him. So props to them. I mean, great call on your behalf, Sam. We'll give you some more praise when we get into our week seven or week eight upset picks. But. Talk about a dominant victory. I think it was a big letdown spot for the Ravens, but they shut down. It wasn't like they won in a close game. They really blew out the Ravens, and it was impressive. Logan, what, was, what did you think about that game? Well, uh, you know, everyone, I, I turn on the ESPN, I turn on the other news outlets. Everyone's just so ready to crown the Bengals, you know. Put them, put them a Super Bowl chance, whatever you want. I'm not completely sold yet. I, I, st I still, you know, Jamar Chase had, a, had himself a, a day. But, you know, those Ravens cornerbacks, they, they couldn't tackle him. It, it, it was kind of crazy to watch. Joe Burrow, absolute, absolute stud, though. You know, what a performance. And I think the Bengals defense, you know, what, we, what we're not really talking about, I think the Bengals defense has been really sneaky good, which is why, you know, they, they shut down Lamar Jackson, right? Everyone was uh, so high on Lamar Jackson, and they really did shut him down. But yeah. I guess part of my point from that is looking at what else – is happening in the AFC North. You know, the Steelers are definitely having an off year. They're about to go through, I think, a major rebuild off a uh, couple of years in the future. And the Browns right now are really struggling with, with uh, injuries. You see what's happened to their backfield, although they had a great performance on Thursday night from the guy stepping up in Dearness Johnson, but they're struggling with injuries. And you look at um, who, who, who else am I missing? Oh yeah, the Ravens, and they just beat them. So, you know, at that point, it's like maybe not the best team in the AFC, but the AFC North, 
with that performance, I don't know. It's a lot of good things to take away if you're a Bengals fan. I, I couldn't say it better myself, Sam. I'm proud of you for that upset pick. Logan, what was your biggest takeaway from week seven? Well, you know, th- several weeks, I, I, I always talked about the Kansas City Chiefs and you know what? The sky is falling. <laughs> they are in trouble. But I want to give credit to the Tennessee Titans, right? Tighten up. That's that's their motto. Every every NFL team has their motto. Titans just are, are a really physical, fun, fun team to watch. Derrick Henry is just a beast. I, I, I gave him his flowers last week, but you, you could say it every single week, week in and week out. Now he's throwing touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, who's, who's saw, who saw that one coming? It was, it was extremely, uh, extremely fun to watch. They just absolutely said, Pat, you're doing nothing today. You're going to wish you didn't play today. You know, Patrick Mahomes just looked, he looked, he looked mortal. And it's, it's really, it's really rare to see Pat Mahomes. Like w- when you're watching a chiefs game and I, I feel like you guys can, can probably agree with me here. You're always just waiting for the comeback. You're like, Pat Mahomes is going to do it. You know, maybe go live bet chiefs, you know, th- it's coming, but they're not that this year. They're, they're just not good enough to overcome the slow starts. Yeah, they certainly aren't that good. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit less, you know, a little bearish on that Titans team. I understand they've looked pretty decent the past two weeks, obviously taking on, taking down the bills and taking down the chiefs, but the chiefs have not looked good all season. So I don't, and I picked their, their spread and I regretted it immediately. I was like, what did I do? I see Derek Henry throwing touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, no, didn't love that. It was, it was a no sweat bet if you're a Titans owner. Um, but I don't know. I'm just not sold on both of those two games came at home. The record from the early season losses to like the New York jets and teams like that. Like, it's like, I don't know. I'm not too sold on them so far. I don't think they're the favorite, obviously, in the AFC uh, as a whole. They're probably maybe three or four. And I think this weekend, quietly, I think the Colts take them down. They won't be my upset pick, but I could see the Indianapolis Colts winning. They're at home. Tennessee traveling on the road. I like the Colts in that matchup. Yeah, I know a couple of weeks ago we said, hey, if you're a Chiefs fan, no need to put up, push the panic button yet, right? There's still time to recover from this. But at what point do we like call this thing, guys? I mean, they're looking awful. And it's one thing to have a slump for a couple of games and figure it out. But it's like each week I go in and I keep betting on them. And I think, all right, this is the week they're going to be the chiefs of, of last year. And they're just not. So, man, I think it's time to push the panic button. I think I've seen enough to see. I mean, they're going up against good teams and, you know, they can make the cases against the Titans if they're a top team or not, but to have that awful of a performance, gosh, I mean, mm. Chiefs, the Chiefs, yeah, if you're a Chiefs fan, which you can't, you know, be mad at your success over the past couple of years, but the fact that they've looked this bad this early into the season is not great. And really, it's just Mahomes trying to be Superman. And I think that's, I mean, he's, he's fine. People are finally figuring him out. I mean, you know, you can't just be rolling around throwing passes left and right and just hoping they can all complete the ridiculous passes he attempts. It's just no. not going to happen. And I, they got a big stretch coming up in these next four games. Obviously, they're the Monday night football. They don't beat the New York Giants. Um, I don't know what to say to Chiefs fans or anyone supporting them. They got to win that game. Then after that, they got the Packers, they got the Raiders, and then they got the Cowboys, and they go into their buys. Those are three tough games. Raiders looking much better. Packers obviously pretty good team, and the Cowboys looking pretty dominant as well. So you can be looking at if you lose the Giants, I don't know. They could be going into their buy four and seven, four and six, or four and seven. I don't even know. So we'll see. Chiefs are not looking too good. But my biggest takeaway, though, from, from week seven is more so on the whole season. I saw this that statistic. I wanted to bring it up that no seven and a half or bigger spread team has lost outright this season. That means every spread, I think it's 23 and 0 on the year. Now you're out betting their spread, obviously all 20, all seven and a half or eight and a half or whatever point spreads. They aren't necessarily covering every time but they have not lost outright. So I'm predicting a, a loss to one of those big teams. There's we can't last two weeks. We've seen big spreads. You've seen 
Bucks versus the Bears, Rams versus the Lions, but shout out to the Lions for absolutely putting on a show. Dan Campbell, yeah. all the stops. But yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that no seven and a half point spread had lost yet. I believe there's three or four this week. And if you par a lamb, it's about even money. So that's my biggest takeaway. It's not necessarily necessarily on a certain team. But if I were to pick a team, it would be Bengals or Titans because, man, both those teams look impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like, you know, what we talk about in the NFL a lot. You know, there's there's certain matchups that you're like, and I, I don't know how much the Rams are going to beat the Lions by, but I know the Rams will squeak by. I know I know the Bucks will beat the Bears like there's there's a lot. Of, there's less parity than, than, it, than it seemed last week which made for some boring games, right? You didn't even have to flip through uh, several of those matchups. I, I, I hear you on that. Yeah, 23-0. and 0. It's when people are discovering trends like this that they start, that they start to lose. So you, you, you just said it right. Someone's losing. I, who, I don't know who, though. I mean, the, the people that are more than seven and a half point spreads this week, you got the Chiefs. You got the, um, the Rams are 14 and a half point favorites taking on the Texans. Then you got the Bengals versus the Jets and then Dolphins and Bills. I don't see any of those teams losing. Maybe if the Chiefs lose, I don't think the Chiefs mm. lose the Giants, but I don't know. We're going to see, but it's going to be interesting where, where this week goes. There's been just a lot of blowout games recently in the NFL. And speaking of blowouts, we'll move on into our best wide receivers in the NFL. And there's been blowouts. There's been players that are absolutely going off this year. So I'm going to let you start, Sam, with your favorite or your best wide receiver in the NFL. I want you to lay down a case for him, and then we'll debate it. Well, I'm going to make the case, and obviously the segment isn't pure fantasy-based, but taking a look at fantasy says a lot too, right? And obviously right now the number one fantasy wide receiver, and I think pretty much every league out there is Cooper Cup. Now, granted, unlike some of the guys you're going to throw out there, he's not a true number one wide receiver one deep threat kind of guy. He is a slot receiver who benefits from having a lot of other good wide receivers around him. He's not always getting... Um, you know, number one secondary on him throughout a game. But with that said, he's making the absolute most out of every opportunity that has been given to him. And the chemistry and the rapport that he's been able to develop with Matt Stafford after only seven weeks is absolutely insane. Let me, I pulled this up on my fantasy roster just to show you a little bit of his stats from last games. Uh, oh 10 God. receptions off 13 targets, 156 yards and two touchdowns. His stat line the week before, pretty much identical to that. I mean, he is pushing double-digit receptions in every game. You know, I think he's averaging just about 100 yards. He's already got, let's see, two, four, six, eight, nine touchdowns on the year. He is just putting up prolific numbers. And every week you're like, all right, he's due for a dud. And just each week he just doesn't put up a dud. And he's central. And this is the argument that's separate from fantasy. All right, those are his good fantasy numbers. Not every good uh, fantasy wide receiver is a good wide receiver in the NFL. But he's just central to getting that, those Rams off to a hot, quick start to the point where teams can't even catch him. I mean, just a- anything, right? He just destroys the middle of the field and what he can do and, and what he has developed with Stafford. I'm just so excited to see where this goes in the second half of the season. But come on, g- give, give me the criticisms. What do you not like about Super Cup? I, I'm uh, look I'm laughing because I just knew you were going to talk about Cooper Cup I just absolutely knew it we're, we're talking hey, about hey, how team. did those how did all those fantasy points do for you this week yeah not great when you're playing Antonio Gibson and uh, Aaron Jones but you know what <laughs> I still love to see the 30 burger on the on the on the lineup each week no, it, it look we're, we're talking best wide receiver in the NFL and you come in here with some fantasy numbers get the garbage out of here absolutely not no Cooper Cup, first of all, I'm challenging every defensive back in the league 
Go guard that man. <laughs> Stop disrespecting him. Like they're, they, I think they look at Cooper Cup for whatever reason. They don't think he's he's as as athletic or maybe as talented. No, he's really he's really dang good. He's always open and and, and he's just look his the route running against is, what you're saying. The pushback against what you're saying right there is yeah, Robert Woods is good. Van Jefferson's good. Yeah, but those exactly. are not top tier guys, right? Those are not. We're not throwing out DeAndre Hopkins type names. Those aren't the other guys he's sharing the field with. Granted, they're still good wide receivers, but they're not like these A1 locks that their top secondary needs to go to all the time. The fact that he can still expose anyone, you know, this harkens back to when Adam Thielen came on the scene like four or five years ago and he had that amazing season. And sure, he also had a great fantasy season. People, haters wanted to hate because he's, you know, the short. Everyone knows about the stereotype behind Cooper Cup. But he's, you know, he's proven all those doubters wrong. And sure, why would a team not at this point come up with something to cover Cooper Cup. You can't. You can't cover the cup. His his route running, <laughs> look, his route running is one of his best strengths. Absolutely. Bar none, he's a top five route runner in the NFL. But look, we're talking best wide receiver in the NFL. And you're gonna let you're gonna let somebody like Devontae Adams slip your mind. Come on, man. That, that that's just that is blasphemous. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. And Cooper Cup can't even sniff Devontae Adams. One on one. It's really not even close. They're in a different echelon. And I know anybody you know listening this to this is like, you know what, Sam? You put up a good fight with Cooper Cup, but you forgot about the rest of the dang league. This is, this is, there's so many more talented wide receivers out there and better wide receivers. Devontae Adams, week in and week out, makes all these ridiculous catches. And he is usually drawing you know, very tough coverage. I don't care what you want to say. You know, Adam Lazard, Valdez, Scantling, Tunyon, those aren't players that, that defenses really care about. They want to try to stop Devontae Adams year in and year out and they really can't i have look, one last wait sam you can go i'll let you, you no i'm just saying look obviously i think matt stafford's a great quarterback there's something to be said when you have a generational talent like aaron Rodgers and the chemistry they've developed over years obviously Devonta adams has some intangible you know uh marks that cooper cup can't go up against for sure no doubt about that and his target share on that team is absolutely insane like you said throwing out names like tunyon yeah, that doesn't exactly, you know, merit a lot of confidence for a wide receiver two through eight on that team. So you're right. But look, go back to what Aaron Rodgers had with Jordy Nelson, right? That was, he made Jordy Nelson look like an absolute legend and the things that man did on the field. You put him on any other team, Jordy Nelson wasn't that great, right? And he, his year-long stint with the Raiders did absolutely I mean, nothing. that was the Raiders, come on. <laughs> I'm not saying Devontae Adams on another team wouldn't still be Devontae Adams but it's harder to separate his, his insane ability from what his chemistry with Aaron Rodgers has been. You've seen Cooper Cup now do it. He, he did it last year too, right? He's been that kind of guy for Jared Goff and the years he had now. And this is now only seven games with a good quarterback and look what he's done. I mean, I think you're making a little bit of a leap to say they're on absolutely different levels. Cooper Cup can dominate a game and he has so far this year. It surprises me uh, and it, it, when, when I watched the Rams game this weekend against the Lions, you could exactly see where they were throwing it every single time. And that's what surprised me because you could see they'll move someone in motion. They'll see if it's a zone or a man coverage and then they'll just throw it to whoever's running that route that beats that coverage. I, I, it's Cooper Cup's been exploiting the NFL so far this season, but I bet you as a, he doesn't have a great, well, he's going to have a great second half of the year, but he does he's hit his peak i think in my opinion he's going to go downhill all you have to do is double team him and you're fine make robert woods make van jefferson 
Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby, make one of those guys beat you. Just like teams do to the Packers. They make, they say, you know what, Devontae Adams, we're going to put a safety over high and we're going to put a man coverage on you and good luck. And Devontae Adams is that ridiculous that he can do it. But I don't think Cooper Cup's in that same echelon. I think there's other guys like DeAndre Hopkins and people of that nature, but that's not who I'm going with as the best wide receiver in the NFL. Cause I'm rocking with the rookie Jamar chase. And maybe this is a little early and I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say he's better, more talented than Devontae Adams today, but I think within the next three years, Jamar chase will be in that conversation. He'll be the number one guy. Now here's my thoughts. And I, and I understand people were ridiculing him coming into the preseason. You know, he's dropping passes left and right, but I don't know why everyone, and even I was against him. I mean, you thought, but if you thought about his time at LSU, we saw how good Justin Jefferson was in his first year and the NFL. Well, Jamar Chase was much better than him in college. He was the guy that was dominant in college with Joe Burrow. I don't know why everyone slept on Jamar Chase, myself included. I'm a big fan of him. He's on an absolute scorcher. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year unless something crazy happens, but his connection with Joe Burrow is something to be, something to be talked about, and I think he will be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe not this year, but in three years, I guarantee. No, and you know what? I'm right there with you. I watched those preseason games and like those six or seven drops he had. Everyone's and I against them. I've got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd in too many leagues this year because I thought those <laughs> yeah. were yeah. when I thought you know Jamar Chase wasn't going to step up, and he is screwing those other wide receivers out out of good fantasy performances. And you're right. Nothing we saw from the post or from the preseason has carried into the regular season. He is just a whole different guy. And, you know, the confidence he has as a rookie is just insane. And yeah, the chemistry with him and Burrow, I mean, you make a good point. He's going to be rookie of the year and time will tell, but right now he's on track to be an all-time great. Yeah. He's, he's on an absolute, I don't, I didn't bring up his stats, but the stats he's on for the year, historical he's on an unreal pace. Will he keep it up? I don't know. I do think, speaking of T. Higgins, if you're a fantasy owner, be patient. I think he's due a pretty good week coming in, this, in the future. He had 15 targets in week seven. So he's due a good week. One of these weeks, he'll bust out onto the screen once teams start guarding Jamar Chase because they're really just letting him run wide open. Or he's just that good that he's getting wide open. Because I think his route running is a little bit underappreciated, not as recognized as guys like Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams. This guy's a great route runner. And I, I really love him. I love him. I love the talent. Love what the Bengals got for the future. They're making people that were saying, you know, pick Penny Sewell, uh, improve your O-line. They're making those people look like absolute fools. <laughs> look, no, but kind of last point on it, though. What, what you said, you know, you know I, I can't disagree with you about the, the potential there for Jamar Chase, right? The Burrow to Chase connection. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the ceiling be Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams type connection. If you look, if you look at those two, right, you're like, if they could reach that 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 peak, that would be great. Well, guess what, guys? Devontae Adams is there. This, he's he's the best wide receiver, you know, in the league, really hands down. Usually the best in fantasy as well. I, I think this is a case closed. You guys put up good good arguments though for for your lesser known commodities. The one I think the one argument we actually have against you because it's hard to make an argument against Devontae Adams is. Where's the postseason success been, right? I mean, was he was he even a part of that Packers championship team that many years ago? I don't think he was. No. Um, and so, yeah, he's great in the regular season, puts up all these fantasy numbers. When are him and Rodgers going to get it done, actually, and, and get home another title? Because right now it's looking like Cooper Cup might be that guy come the postseason for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you laugh now, but – I like does he remind you of does he not remind you of a little Julian Edelman action? I mean, yeah. I like that to make plays late in the game, early in the game. He can do whenever Cooper cup. <laughs> and we're going to have to buy you a Jersey. One of these days, yeah, you, are. Yeah, you, you are. certainly deserve it for all your uh, 
talking up. Some, someone send this podcast to Cooper Cup. Maybe he'll send you something. Uh, but yeah, I think I think you know we'll look at Devonte Adams. It's hard to really you know critique him. But I have a question for you. If we were redrafting the league and redrafting in fantasy football, where does Jamar Chase go? Like, where in your would you take him over Tyreek Hill at this moment? I mean, where, who would you take above him? I guess is a better question. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I think early season rankings go out the door, right? And you look. Yeah, at yeah, that, I know. We're just drafting amazing, today. We're right drafting today, season long. Who you got? The Chiefs stink, so it's like I don't want I don't want a part of a Tyree Kill right now. Um, I tell you who I like, it'd be those Bucks wide receivers because they always seem to be going off. But I, I put Jamar Chase over, you know, Justin Jefferson for sure. He hasn't had that much success. I think people are pushing the panic button on him and the Vikings. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe only Cooper Cup I put ahead of him at this point. No, but uh, but honestly, absolutely a top five wide receiver right now. If you're going to do a, a redraft, I don't think there's an argument to be made against that. Logan? I mean, yeah, the, as you kind of said, Sam, I, I think, you know, it, I, I feel like people that, that drafted, you know, those Tyree kills, those Stephon Diggs, and, and if they if they missed out on Jamar Chase, they're like, dang, I, I, I really, you know, I really screwed myself uh, on that one. Yeah, if you were redrafting, definitely, definitely top 10, marginal top five, right, as, as Sam mentioned. I, you know, I, I like the Bucks, you know, receivers better because they have Tom Brady and Tom Brady looks like he's trying to set the, the touchdown record. That, that looks like pencil, pencil and men for that, right? They're going to be up 30 and still throwing. It's kind of You're ridiculous. Going for 700 but, touchdowns this year. I yeah, exactly. No, that, that, that's, that's within reason. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm very impressed with what Burrow's doing. Cause right. Jamar Chase can't, can't throw the ball and catch the ball. It, it, a lot of his success does hinge on, on Burrow being healthy. And I think that offensive line's played a lot better, uh, you know, as far as that offense goes. Yeah, the line's been much better than people expected it to be. Um, I think if I were redrafting, I think I'd still take Devontae Adams over him just because of, you know, his his pedigree. And I'd probably take Cooper Cup. But I think there's that argument he could be three. I haven't seen much out of DK Metcalf. Granted, not necessarily his fault. He's got Geno Smith, but also Calvin Ridley. You talked about Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown. All these guys were in that same, you know, Esh Tyree Kill. All those guys are going, be, obviously, before him because Jamar Chase dropped almost a wide receiver 25-30. But it's a question to, to answer, and I think it will be one that will be heavily talked about over the offseason. So we'll definitely revisit this topic come, I don't know, February, March, April. But something to think about. But we're going to talk switch to another topic. We talked about the best in the NFL. Now we got to talk about the worst in the NFL, and we're going to talk about the worst teams in the NFL. And there's a bunch of different options I think you could argue. But, Logan, I'll let you start. Yeah, you listen, listen up here, right? There's low-hanging fruit in this one. This, this is one I definitely want to talk about because I talked about, you know, we, we saw lots of bad football this weekend. And, right, I, we can talk low-hanging fruit, Jets and Texans. But I, it, I'm, I'm interpreting as worst team with the expectations and the fan base, right? Who's a Texans fan? I, I don't even think I've met a Texans fan. No, it's the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Bar none is, is the worst team in the NFL. Disappointing on every single level. Look, Matt Nagy, I think he has COVID now. It's, you know, it's it, it, it really, what, what can go wrong has gone wrong for the Bears. The Bears, the media, the fans, they all bullied Matt Nagy into starting Justin Fields. Well, he's just Mr. Turnovers. Like, he really cannot help himself. And I was just like, you know, I, I, you know, it, because of the bye week blues were, were so bad last week. You know what? Talk about dumb fantasy decisions. I was like, you know, let me start Darnell Mooney, right? You know, maybe there's some garbage time in there. No, the Bears are so bad. They couldn't even get any garbage time in that game. It was atrocious. And if you're looking, look, these are professional athletes, right? They're, they're very talented in what they do. They're making millions of dollars. 
If you look at the defense, they straight up were giving up. The, the body language told you everything. That team is in shambles. They don't believe in their head coach. They marginally believe in Justin Fields. He hasn't shown a lot. And it, that, that team is a mess top to bottom. Well, you know, you're right that they stink. And I keep waiting for Allen Robinson to have a good fantasy game. It ain't happening. Keep waiting. Yeah, I played him last week. I may think I made that mistake for the last time, too. As did I. You know, you have a point about expectations. And, and yes, blah, 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 blah. But did your team, did the Chicago Bears just sign Joe Flacco or trade for him and have to send away a six-round pick? Uh, no, you team did not, all right? Because you know who just got Joe Flacco again for the second time in like two years? The New York football Jets. I would like to quote Rich Eisen today who said, things have never been worse for the New York, or they've been worse as they've ever been for the New York Jets. And the man has a point, right? One win, which gave you the utmost confidence against the Tennessee Titans. But other than that, absolutely nothing to point to and say, wow, the Jets have been great. Franchise rookie quarterback out for the next two to four weeks with a uh, sprained PCL. That's not great. Uh, Mike White, who has zero career starts, will now be starting against a very tough Bengals team this week. That's not great. You just signed Joe Flacco. Uh, what the hell does that do? Because are, <laughs> are you trying to win games? I'm not. Oh, yeah, and your your best, you know, defensive player, arguably, and Marcus May is probably going to be out after this year because the Jets don't know how to hold on to anyone in free agency. Things are only going to get worse for the Jets. Sure, you look at their drafts and you say, yeah, they, they got, you know, two top 10 picks next year or whatever. But no, things are so bad for the Jets and they're only going to get worse. You looked at their second. This was the second one in with the Patriots this past week. And you said, OK, after the first one. Uh, Mac Jones played a little too conservatively, but maybe roles will reverse. Maybe Zach Wilson will learn what he's doing. Maybe it'll be a tighter game. Not even close from the get-go. The man looked awful. Mac Jones, like I said from the beginning, looked like a seasoned vet. Like 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. You got to stop. It. You got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no, give me one. You can point to the Chicago Bears. There's and pain say, here. There's a safe face. Yeah. You can point to things and say, you know what? There's a little glimpse of, I like Matt, Matt Nagy. I'm sure he's probably going to get fired. You can't point to, to a single goddamn thing about the Jets and say, yep, I'm, I can get excited about that. Not a thing. Come at me. Name one good thing to get excited about for the Jets. Austin? Uh, um, there's not a lot. But what I, avoid, I will say is a positive takeaway. Michael Carter looked decent. He had like 19 yeah. touches. He had eight receptions, like 60-something yards. Finally got him going in the passing game. But I don't think the Jets – I mean, look, this, when you're talking about worst team in the NFL, I could have said the Jets, and I could say the Jags, and I'll wait to give my pick. But I don't think there were high expectations for the Jets. Even as a Jet fan, you know, I was like, Zach Wilson, well, maybe he'll be good. I mean, that was thrown out the window after the first one or two weeks. So it's not like it's times have been worse. We've been bad for the last five, six years. We've been dealing with Sam Darnold, which Mr. Uh, Mr. Stacy over here, Logan gets to deal with right now. So I don't know. Okay. No, no, no. Look, all right. So as much as I want to just pile on to the Jets, you know, pity party, Sam, I'll, I'll give you a tissue next time for, for every Sunday for <laughs> what you have to watch. It's, it's a terrible football product, right? They still do have talent. And you know what? Everybody that's just so down on Zach Wilson and, and everything. Yeah, he's injured. You can't control that. But what is he supposed to do without an offensive line? I, I, I draw the parallels. You just mentioned Sam Darnold. And, I just, and we were talking about Zach Wilson. 
These quarterbacks can't grow. They can't develop when these two teams are when the Panthers and the Jets are not putting any sort of capital, uh, draft capital or any free agent signings the in the offensive line. Yeah, even the Bears, they don't have an offensive line either. So exactly. Fields hikes it, and he's got Vita Vea in his, in his mouth. And he's like, well, I, what do I do? What do I do here? Exactly. I mean, it, was, it, was an, it was abusive. Back on that, the last two Jets' number one picks in the last two years have been offensive linemen. So I know the injury and stuff yeah, like that. We We've invested some draft capital on that. Um, that only makes you more depressed as a Jets fan. <laughs> but I mean, but, look, no, I agree, back with, I agree with your logic. That there's not even a chance for these teams, right? Yeah, because how can you develop a rookie or try to redevelop a, a Sam Darnold when, you know, all I've ever had is, you know, absolutely no success and no game plan from the get-go. So, yeah, you got a point there. I mean, you got to think about it. The Jets have not scored a single point in the first quarter. Like, that's that's not a made-up stat. That is a legit stat. We have not scored a single point in the first quarter. So, is that on Zach Wilson? Or you think about majority of uh, offensive coordinators, they they script the first 15 plays. They know exactly what yeah. they're running so the fact that they can't score in the first quarter on scripted play is just – it's a depressing. The Jets get down big. They were down 14-0 after the first quarter, and then you're just sort of like, you got Zach Wilson or Mike White trying to do something, make be a hero like Pat Mahomes is trying to do because his defense can't stop anyone either. So it's just – it's a cycle, and it's not it's, – you're not going to win a lot of games coming from behind. I mean, that's just how it is in the NFL. And, and look, I, I think there's promising takeaways for the Jets that are a very young team. It's not like they're – they got they went in all in and got signed a lot of veterans and stuff. They're very young, besides Joe Flacco now. Um, but I liked what I mean. Quinn and Williams has been decent this year. It's we're like we're grasping at straws as Jets fans. Let's be honest. And look, I like Robert Sala's upbeat raw raw energy, but that'll only last for so long. And there's only so long I, I can take. Wow, I really love the confidence of Mike White. Bull crap. Before you get tired of that too. In the New York market, you're under under the spotlight from day one. Adam Max, he's got maybe three years to prove himself. And if this is his year one effort, this is his year one showing, gosh, they better draft good next year because you gotta you gotta have some improvement like that. Otherwise, it's more of the same. And you know, it's just the same product with a different face. And it's a lot prettier face than Adam Gase's face. But at the end of the day, it's just as bad football. So Adam Gase is sitting at home thinking, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> All right, we're 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 cutting the we're cutting the Cut sad me boy. Cut me off. Take my money. <laughs> my my worst team in the NFL. I'm riding with the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's because I think that the expectations for them would they would be a decent team, and I think they stink. I think they're bar they're white right at the bottom of the NFL. Think about the teams they've beaten. They've beaten a bad Falcons team in Week One. And since then, they haven't looked good. The only other team they beat the, was the Panthers by three points, and the Panthers look absolutely terrible. So I don't think the Eagles are all that good. They've just got blown out by the Raiders the week before. They looked they looked decent in the fourth quarter versus the Bucks. But you've got Jalen Hurts out there, and I'm I'm as big of a pro Jalen Hurts guy, but he has not looked good. Obviously, just lost Miles Sanders. They weren't even running the ball. The defense is just not looking great, and then they're not even targeting Devontae Smith, their number one pick. They're just you see Jalen Hurts run away from. Them. And it's like, then he's relying on Jalen Rager or, or who, who the heck knows who else is out at wide receiver. So I just think the Eagles are terrible and I don't, that's, I like, are they better if they played against the Jets today? Would they beat the Jets? Probably, but that's not saying all too much. And they do have, they do play arguably one of the worst teams this week, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I mean, look, as, as somebody that, that lives and works in the great city of Philadelphia, yeah, I mean, Eagles fans are, are right there with you, right? They're, they're ready to, to put some uh, poo-poo on Nick Sirianni's doorstep, right? They're, they're so sick and tired of, of that, that coaching staff already. And, you know, they're, they're, they they're don't have a lot of things. 
Yeah, exactly. They don't they don't have anything figured out, right? It, it, the, the Eagles look like one of those teams that they don't really have a game plan. They just kind of wing it. Pun intended. But it, I mean, if, if you if you think about it right, you know, Jalen Hurts has got to show some development uh, as the year goes on. There's just something there's something weird. I still think there's some redeeming qualities about the Eagles. I still do kind of like their secondary. I still, you know, Darius Slay is good. I still kind of like their their front, you know, for it's 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 formidable. They got talent to work with. But man, that you 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 kind of you, you talked about it when we interpret this question. Right. It's about expectations. The Eagles had some expectations going into this and this is not meeting them one bit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to come on here and say the worst team is the Jaguars. Like that's I mean, no one expected them to be eight and eight or nine and eight or whatever. And same with the Lions; people expect them to be bad. You could talk about maybe the Dolphins, whose defense has looked terrible, but yeah, the Eagles just have not inspired me. They are not looking good. And same thing as the Bears; they're they're like they're not even looking that great. Fighting for their head coach who just started there just doesn't look like a great marriage. Already just seven games into it. Obviously, they could turn around. Jalen Hurts is going to need to turn around if he wants to keep this job past this year. Not yeah, that look, when the top headline for a lot of Eagles fans is, when is Gardner Minshew going to enter the game? You have a problem. You've entered <laughs> So you're right. Compared against expectation, and you're right, expectation, um, NFC East is always wide open every year. So expectation is always playoffs. And, yeah, no, they've failed to perform. And so in that regard, I agree with you. that They're worse in that category. But you put them up against the New York Jets, and goddamn, Jalen Hurts is going to look pretty amazing. I guarantee you that. I think if the Cowboys lost the rest of their games, they'd still win the division. Is that a hot take? <laughs> I like, no. what do they have? Five wins? I mean, the Giants awesome. think, Eagles think, the Washington football That's team right. all think it. The division's terrible. The Cowboys are just looking good. Oh man, That's, I, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to Week Eight, eight upset picks because we're done with Week Seven. About at the halfway point of the season and we already talked about it earlier you guys killed it last week and you guys we almost had the sweep and i'll talk about it in a second sam you had the Bengals. clap it up to that great value pick for that one logan you picked the colts i had their spread in the video but you got the outright win and my pick was the seahawks and I, i'm sorry i let you guys down they had as good of a chance to win that game they covered the spread but jason myers missed a couple field goals went one for three and that was the difference as they lost by three so i apologize i'll go last this week um Sam, you had the biggest value win, so we're going to let you start this one off. Well, I'm still waiting for my cheese head in the mail. You know, I got a notification saying it would enter the state of Florida, but I still haven't gotten it for some reason. Um, I've been talking to a mean game about the Packers all year long, and they haven't really had a, you know, decisive victory yet. Well, they have that opportunity this week. Thursday night, they're going to be playing the Cardinals. Right now, Packers money line sitting at plus 235 odds. And what's the, the key headline? Well, Devonta Adams is probably going to be out this week with COVID. I think he's got 24 hours to test negative. It's not looking great. So if Rodgers is going to get this done, he's going to get it done without the best wide receiver in football, like we just talked about. He's going to be getting it done with uh, Rodgers. second best, second best. Right, 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 right. Um, but with that said, this is one of those decisive games, and I love Rodgers in these moments, even when the cards are stacked against him. I think he actually likes it better when the cards are stacked against him. And at the same time, I'm ready for this Cardinals team to face something a little bit different. And again, on paper, Cardinals look a lot better. That defense is just lights out. But I like the Packers, and I've been talking about the Packers all week. And more than anything else, Logan, what do we like in these upset picks? What are we looking for? We are looking for value. We're looking for value. (laughs) And so whenever I see Aaron Rodgers at plus 235 value, I'm locking that in. So I'm going Packers over the Cardinals. There's a net football. 
It's, it's Sam. That's a great pick. I last week, I loved your pick on the, with the Bengals, that tremendous value. And, and you know what, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, he, he really does like, he likes a little bit of adversity. I think it has to be a big Aaron Jones game, right? You, you think potentially missing out Adam Lazard and Devonte Adams, those, those, those two are up in the air. It has to be on the back of Aaron Jones. Uh, if, if they went, I'm ready for the Cardinals to come back down to earth a little bit. Love the value, Sam. And if I'm not mistaken, I remember one of those highlight plays for Aaron Rodgers is leading that fourth quarter drive with like, I don't know how much, 30 seconds on the clock for a winning field mm-hmm. goal or touchdown or throwing a Hail Mary. I don't remember the exact thing. It was several years ago, but he's done it before in Arizona, I believe. Maybe you can do it again. We'll talk about this game and give our official score predictions um, a little bit later towards the end of the podcast. But Sam, Great value play. We're all in. Logan, what about you this week? Okay, so you know what, Sam? I, I like your pick, and it's a little bit sexier than mine. I'm not even going to lie to you, but <laughs> I am picking the Washington football team plus 140 at Denver Broncos. Yeah, you know what? We're all going to take turns, I swear, picking the Washington football team week in and week out just because they're always usually going to be underdogs. But you know what? And Taylor Heineke, I trust. You know, Taylor Heineke, right, say what you want last week. He was a fighter against Green Bay. Uh, if, if it weren't for some some potential bad red zone uh, offense in there, I think I think that that's final score looks a little bit different. What's what's really, you know, kind of uh, about this pick, too, is, is how bad the Broncos have looked, right? Two teams that started out 3-0, and Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're both nosediving. Yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both absolutely nosediving because teams have figured them out. Look, we're, we've, you know, we say it every year, figure out Teddy Bridgewater, not impressive. And, you know, Dearness Johnson, out of all people, someone that was, that was not even playing in the NFL, comes in, comes in and just absolutely rolls all over their defense. That's supposed to be their strength. I think Washington has a sneaky good uh, shot on the road to pull off that upset. Yeah, if you, the way you beat Teddy Bridgewater is you make him uncomfortable. And they have the yeah. defensive line to do it. Will they show up? That's the biggest question. So love the, love the pick. Um, and I, I'm curious how that game, uh, will I watch a minute of that game? Likely not, unless it comes up on red zone. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I like the value pick. Um, not as good value as Sam or even mine, because I, this week, am rocking. I know I lost last week with the Seahawks, but I'm rocking the New England Patriots, plus 205, traveling to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Chargers, coming off a bye. Now, my reasoning here is that the Patriots – they always play well and play up the competition. You saw them almost beat the Cowboy, or Cowboys a couple weeks ago, just absolutely ran over the Jets. And now they get a matchup against the Chargers team, which is coming off a bye, but just got absolutely destroyed by the Ravens the week before. The Ravens looked mortal last week. I think you look at it, the Patriots last season, they played in SoFi Stadium. I think they played in SoFi. Um, and they beat the Chargers like 45 to zero. They just had Justin Herbert's number. He did not look good. And could we see that again this week? I think so. They're five and a half point dogs plus 205 on the money line. I think they have the defense and Mac Jones can quietly just move the ball down the field. Their running game looked good last week. It's all right at the Patriots as a big underdog this weekend. Yeah, no, and I like it. Obviously, the, the Patriots are going to be rolling coming from a very dominant win last week against the Jets. And, you know, anyone, if anyone's going to be able to scheme against Justin Herbert, it's Bill Belichick, right? So if he can shut down that, that that offense on the Chargers side and Mac Jones can put up, you know, a decent amount of points. Yeah, I like it. Again, it, it's hard to root against the Patriots, right? Um, and plus 205, I see value there. I see not as much value as my value, but I see value. So I like it. it checks the value box. That's what we're looking for in underdogs. <laughs> I absolutely love the pick, Austin. And I think it's, it's a really good chance to cash in. 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. And we'll move on into another week eight prediction. Last week, we did bold predictions for week eight, well, week seven. Logan, yours was Matthew Stafford to be the number one scoring fantasy QB. Basically almost nailed it on the head to attack of Iloa, outscored him by, I believe, one and a half points, but still very good mm. pick. Sam, you picked Kyle Pitts to have 10 receptions and over 100 yards. Um, yeah, he almost had the 10 receptions. He had an absolutely unreal day. He was dominant against the Dolphins defense. So props to you for that pick. We'll count it as a win. And my pick, which was a certified winner, Zach Wilson did not throw an interception. Now, is it, is it, a, is it a little bit of a cop-out? He got injured, maybe. But it cashes nonetheless. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, you want you exactly on a technicality. I, I did not draw it up like that, but we'll take it. Yeah. And so I'll lead off this bold prediction it's not necessarily a fan well sort of a fantasy prediction my bold prediction the new york jets will not score a single point this weekend they will be shut out the Bengals' defense i don't even the Bengals could try out their second stringers i'm not a big fan of mike white i don't think he's all that good and i think the jets will not score a single point this weekend so take your Bengals minus 10 take it to the bank lock it in and the Bengals will be the number one scoring defense in fantasy this this week and if they're probably out there on the waiver wire for you so if you can scoop them up Definitely go for it since I doubt they were owned last week versus the Ravens. Jets not scoring. Goose it. It's, it's bold. It's bold. It's bold, really, to say a team won't even get a field goal up on the board. But if there's a team to do it, it's the Jets. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt them one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The reason why I don't like that is because uh, the Jets know how to make situations even worse. And what would be even worse right now? Some sort of weird concocted quarterback controversy. Because Matt, watch Mike <laughs> throw like, you know, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Not going to happen. I like the bold prediction. <laughs> against the Broncos, we can certainly do it again. Oh, man. Jeez. So I was perusing through my fantasy rosters today, and I was looking at my work league, which, you know, I don't take too seriously. It's a work league. What are you going to do? Um, and I noticed on my bench a little M. Thomas. And every week this year, prior to this one, I'd seen a big fat goose egg because the man had been, you know, completely out. This, this week, I saw some points. I saw a point projection. Now, obviously, those things can fluctuate, and you can't take those for fact at all. But if Michael Thomas comes back this week, and, you know, it's still early on in the week. We don't have any confirmation on this. If uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a chance Michael, Michael Thomas could see the field this week. And if he does, I predict a dominant performance. He wants to come out and re-solidify himself as a top five wide receiver. He has fallen off the cliff in fantasy and anything this year. As, as have the Saints, right? He wants to come back, be the, be the face of that franchise, which right now doesn't really have a great identity. I like Michael Thomas, kind of like what I saw with Kyle Pitts. I like 100 yards, I like a touchdown, and I like something like eight or nine receptions, if he plays, which is a big Can, does. Now, Michael here, Thomas. Here, okay, so there's a few boxes here to check. Your, your prediction is the boldest by, by far because we don't even know if your bold prediction is going to play. Right. First of all, <laughs> check, but, uh, boxes to check, right? Can Jameis Winston throw a slant? Check that box. Okay. If, if, as long as he can throw a slant, th this is not this, this is a realistic predi prediction. <laughs> I absolutely hate Michael Thomas. As you can see the Panther banner maybe in the background. I, I cannot stand him. He gets up flexing after a, a four-yard catch every single time. He's so obnoxious. And you know what? I, I Jameis Winston, will Jameis Winston even break a hundred yards uh, passing? Yeah. I think that's I think that's what you gotta ask yourself, Sam, because that's that's pretty dang bold, ain't it? Right? He, Mr. Eaton W is out there, right? They're planning a monsoon, you know, in Seattle, right? But 
You got a point. Eight receptions for 33 yards might be more along the lines of what he's <laughs> known for. But you know what? I think he's going to come back. And when he does come back, hopefully it's this week, reassert himself as a dominant wide receiver in the NFL. And we'll see. You can only hate him so much. You hate him because you ain't him. You I have a question for you. On the Carolina Panthers. What you I got have a question. Um, how many wide receiver receptions do you think the Saints have this year? Wow. Uh, <laughs> all combined. All of them combined. The Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, be Ty Montgomery. Uh, He's you know, Ty Montgomery. All of his averaging like you know, I don't know, 20, 25, You know, completed passes a game over seven games. I'm going to take a stab at this, and I'm going to say 160. Well, that seems high. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has not completed more than 17 passes in majority of games. Well, you want to reevaluate your uh, your numbers? Is he not even breaking 100? 105. Are you are you pulling out Kamara's receptions too? How Kamara's gone? I'm just looking at all the wide receivers right now. All right, 69. What you got for me? What's the number? Uh, Logan, what's your guess? Because I'm still adding them up. They don't have exact numbers. Um. Yeah. No. You know what? I I guess like 70 to 80. I mean, they're, they're that receiving core is pretty dang bare. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Michael Thomas will have opportunities to get those slants uh slant, slant god that's that's what he is all right well fine i'll give you the number 42 that is how many of the receptions that the wide wow. receivers have incredible uh wow. cooper cup for comparison has 56 by himself um <laughs> well cooper cup's best receiver in the league i mean that's true that. that's true you have to think about <laughs> it like that yeah but, michael thomas set that record he had that in what two and a half quarters i mean yeah no that's that's pretty uh that's pretty 42 glaring. yeah and then you got uh, Kamara has 16, uh, 25 on his own. But, yeah, not, not a great start for him. And there's one, two, three. There's seven receivers with more receptions than that. So that's no, not great. But it's disappointing. I see his opportunity. But, all right, give me your bold prediction, Austin. Uh, my bold prediction. Well, no, I already gave mine. It's oh, all right, right, right. Yeah, it's Logan, that goes to you. What you got? Yeah, no, I, I, I got, you know, th- this one, this one's bold, but it's, it's doable, right? Why well, I, I like it to, I like it to, to be able to happen. You know, I, I, I took a quarterback in fantasy uh, as my prediction last week. I'm, I'm going back to the well, Joe Burrow will be a top three quarterback in points, just like he was last week. I say he does it two weeks in a row, Joe Burrow, who's he facing guys? Remind me. No, no, man. Nothing, yeah, nothing. yeah, no. Okay, they they don't want to talk about it, but the New York Jets, the just trash can moribund team that that is the New York Jets. He's gonna throw. He's gonna just put up, you know, great numbers. Jamar Chase, start him. T Higgins, start him. Start any start any Bengal. That's the rule this week, and I think Joe Burrow right, will Ryan. duplicate it. Huh, funny. What? I thought I thought the name of this segment was bold predictions, not absolute locks, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's 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 bold. It's it's bold considering that you know he he's gonna have to do it two weeks in a row, right? You, you know, I, I I could you know what? It's it's bold enough. He's shown some inconsistency in that regard, so you're absolutely right. Yes. But the opportunity is wide open for him to do it again. And uh, this Jets this Jet secondary is a very young unit. You know, they're back seven. Woo! They need a total revamp. How- Real, real quick, how many Jets secondary uh, people can you name <laughs> off, off the top of your head? How many? Yeah, Bryce Hall, who's actually turned into someone who's, who's not half bad out of Virginia. Uh, this is a sophomore year. And then Michael you got Martin Carter, Carter the second. Um, outside of that, I don't want to know. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> that. um, That's true. That's yeah, true. Those are the two I knew. Obviously, Marcus May is out there. Um, Trying to, I'm, I'm looking. Used, it up. used to have Lamar Jackson at one point. Yeah, we gave him the boot. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not not great. Yeah, Michael Carter's there. Ashton Davis has been okay this year. Not anything to. Uh, Did we um to scream Mar- home? Marcus yep. Joyner was he a Jet for some point this year? My Marcus Joyner is on IR, so he IR, is a, he has been a Jet. Um, yeah, not a not a great Brandon Eccles. I don't know. I haven't watched. I, I, won't, I won't lie to you. I haven't watched a lot of Jet football recently. So, uh, but <laughs> normally when I do watch it, it's on red zone and they're on defense most of the time. So, so I should probably learn the guys' names more often. But we got two more segments that we're going to talk about real quick. One matchup that we want to talk about: Sunday Night Football, Cowboys versus Vikings. Arguably one of the best games on the slate. There's really not a lot out there, but they nailed it with this Sunday Night Football game. It's at it's at Minnesota in Minneapolis, and I wanted to hear your guys' takeaways. Who do you think wins this game? Because the spread suggests it's close to a pick The Cowboys, I believe, are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Don't know the over-under at the moment, but, Logan, I'll start with you. What do you think about this game? Yeah, first of all, real quick, thank you, uh, Sunday Night Football, for not putting any more Geno Smith primetime. Thank you. Got, got to shout them out for that. But, look, I, they're not my upset pick, but I think the Vikings win this game just because everybody and their mothers just riding high on that Dallas Cowboys. Look, me, me included. I, I really wasn't. I'm, I'm impressed with what they've done all year. But if there's a team that's stacked well to beat Dallas, it's a team like Minnesota, right? Adam Thielen, uh, Justin Jefferson. That's a formidable duo. And Kirk Cousins. Now, can, can we get good primetime Kirk Cousins? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm shivering a little bit for that. But you know what? Maybe maybe he's full of surprises. And, and I do think the Vikings play at home with that that obnoxious foghorn thing that they do. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that thing that they do. I, I could see it. I don't think it's, it's crazy to say uh, Vikings win. No, I don't think to make the argument that you just tried to make against. The Cowboys right now are just, you know, lighting up on all cylinders. And I don't see what part of the Vikings offense really has been that consistently great. You know, you've seen spurts of Dalvin be Dalvin, but has he done it consistently? No. And yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen, I think have failed to perform up to the expectations they had going into the season. Kirk's an absolute crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get from him. So could they? Sure. But why would you think that when you've seen what the Cowboys have done? I think Wait, they're going to fall with can, a dominant performance this week. Let me rebut real, real quick. First of all, I'm just looking at this game and I'm thinking, all right, so it's Sunday night football, right? A lot of people are going to be betting NFL throughout the day, licking their wounds, right? You know, losing a lot of money. What do you go chase? You go chase the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. What, who loses? The Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. What, where did that come from, Kirk Cousins? 400 yards and three touchdowns. That's how the NFL works. I just want to say from experience, I, I've chased the Cowboys enough on Sunday night football. And they've hurt yep. me before. So speaking from experience, I think the Vikings win this one. Just solely, mostly a gut, a gut call. All right, play the Jets. I, I respect that. Go I ahead. will guarantee a Vikings victory. That's what I'm doing. I'm guaranteeing it. They got Dalvin Cook, Sam. You mentioned he hasn't looked great. Well, he's been injured, and they're coming off a bye week. He should be fully healthy. They've been testing him for several weeks. He should be fully ready to go. Not scared of that Cowboys defense. You got Trayvon Diggs. Well, that man's all boom or bust. He's like Marcus Peters, basically. He either goes for the interception or he's getting beat. And I don't think that will work too hard, too well against Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, the two of the better, probably one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL, definitely within the top five or ten. But I think the Vikings had a good chance here. They always seem to show up on Sunday night football. I don't know why. They always seem to play pretty well up to their competition. I'm, I'm guaranteeing a, a Vikings victory. It better be in your picks video if you're this hyped. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> you're, you're, you're making me really excited now about Vikings. Keep that same energy and please put in your picks video because I, I, I want to see it. So many spreads in those videos. I'll put the Cowboys spread so it's a certified winner. 
<laughs> play both sides. I respect it. <laughs> Playing both sides. I can't lose. Yeah, true. But true that. we'll see how that game goes. It's probably one of the most fun ones that I'll be looking forward to. Like Logan said earlier, not a lot of great matchups this weekend. But we're going to yeah. finish this off talking about Thursday night football. Obviously, we got the Cardinals and the Packers at Arizona. Packers are traveling there. Devontae Adams, questionable. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out Wednesday at 10 a.m. Every single Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, maybe we'll know if Devontae Adams is out by then. But at the moment, when we're recording 7.55, he is not out. And, you know, it's Alan Lazard could also be out. So, Logan, I want you to take this one away. What's your score? What's your thoughts on this game? And I want you to give us a score prediction because we already heard Sam's prediction. He's picking the Packers outright. Yeah, Sam, Sam, I respect it in value's sake. But you know what? Value's sake doesn't always win you bets. Cardinals win this one 28 to 17. Look, you know, not having Devontae Adams and potentially Lazard is going to be big losses. It's going to have to be on the back of Aaron Jones. And I just don't like what I've seen from the Packers defense consistently, right? Heineke kind of had his way last week. I think that they were exposed a little bit. Give me Cardinals in this one. I like it. I like it. Um, my take, and I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers look almost Tom Brady, New England-esque, where Tom Brady had nothing to work with. He said he went out there and he looked for a slot guy, Randall Cobb in this case, and that was it. He had no other guys on the perimeter. He did Marquez Valdez scandling, which Tom Brady had plenty of guys that just could run fast and drop it. Um, so I'm going to pick the Cardinals in this one, but I think the Packers might keep it closer just because it's Aaron Rodgers. But I'll pick Cardinals 24 to 21, a lower scoring game. The Cardinals offense has been very up and down um, the past couple of weeks. Like they'll score 31 points, but in some weeks they'll struggle. Kyler Murray, some games he's running for his life like he was a couple of times against the Texans. Granted, that game wasn't close. It was the Houston Texans, but and the Cardinals win this one outright. But I think the Packers give it up, give them a run for the money. Well, you know what? I like to see Aaron Rodgers build off that rapport, like you said, with Randall Cobb, you know, an old ex-teammate who's now been reunited. If he's the guy who has to step up, I could see him stepping up and getting it done. I do think the Packers or the Cardinals probably pull ahead to a quick lead in this one. But can't you just see Aaron Rodgers orchestrating one of those Aaron Rodgers comebacks? I like a close game. And, you know, on paper, yes, Cardinals are better the team, obviously. But Packers, late game tying, maybe game winning touchdown. I like Packers 24 over very close with the Cardinals 23. I could certainly see it. Aaron Rodgers has built up that pedigree to where, you know, we're never going to count him out. Very similar, like to Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. You don't count out those guys, but you've also seen uh, Aaron Rodgers get absolutely obliterated in some key games like against the 49ers and the playoffs and things like that. So, and against like a team like the Bucks, they absolutely beat the brakes off of them last year. The Bucks beat them in the, in the regular season. So, I think it could, I hope it's a good game for Thursday night football sake because last week we had to suffer through Broncos Browns. We deserve a good one. And it stinks that Devontae probably won't play, but I hope we get a good game. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, for sure. But, but that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. We appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. It's been Austin, Logan, and Sam. We'll see you guys again next week, every Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.